0: KCSB FM, Santa Barbara 91.9. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Robert Stark with KCSB News. This is the show that shares what's happening in and around Isla Vista and the UC Santa Barbara community. On tonight's show, a plan to build the world's largest student dormitory right next to Isla Vista continues to attract national headlines and plenty of criticism. The Santa Barbara Independent has nicknamed the windowless monstrosity, Dormzilla, by UC Santa Barbara Administrator C. Munger Hall, which would provide 4,500 single rooms for UCSB students, a solution to Isla Vista's housing crisis. Now I'm joined by two local architects to find out what they think of the proposed project.
1: I am Cassandra Ensberg, and I am a principal of a firm, Ensberg Jacobs Design Incorporated. And I'm an architect. I am also a lead accredited professional, which means leadership in energy and environmental design of neighborhood development.
2: Detlev Pikert, people call me Deddy, Deddy Pikert, and I'm a principal with RRM Design Group.
1: The American
0: Institute of Architects uh, Santa Barbara chapter sent a letter to Chancellor Yang uh, empathetically rejecting uh, UCSB's uh, Munger Residence Hall proposal. Could you explain what prompted you to uh, write this letter, the issues you have uh, as architects with this proposed uh, megadorm?
1: First, I'd like to just say that Deddy and I both uh, serve as co-chairs on the advocacy committee for the American Institute of Architects, Santa Barbara chapter. And uh, when, the, uh, when we learned about the Munger Hall, we were um, very, very concerned. And a, a number of our members, we all felt that we should uh, express those concerns. So we wrote that letter uh, representing um, um, many of our colleagues from the AIA that said, and it, it identifies many of, the, many of the concerns that we have that said today uh deddy and i are both representing ourselves and our own opinions about this project
2: yeah and so uh robert if you want me to kind of dive dive in a little bit on what some of these concerns are that we feel as architects um and that kind of caused us uh to respond and continue to you know actively engage on the issue by appearing in interview opportunities like this. You know, as architects, we're, we're really trained and, and concerned about creating environments that are humane, livable, and that enhance life for the occupants of buildings that we design and environments that we create uh, through our work. And that I think for most architects, I would say that's kind of a passion one that, uh, you know, that we uh, deal with every day. I, I, for example, happen to be very focused in my career on creating affordable housing. And I'm doing work uh, for clients uh, all over the state, you know, creating all kinds of different affordable housing projects. And I have to say, I'm very proud of the the new way of creating affordable housing uh, compared with the old, uh, some of the old Pruitt uh, Igo type developments that that were you know that end up being uh you know really horrible places for people to live that that in some ways even you know enhance the poverty in which some of the people were living uh, so uh when I saw the building design uh, that was being proposed by Charles Munger and the university in which forty five hundred students were to be housed. In what's essentially in terms of the, the living quarters, the sleeping quarters for the students, so a windowless environment uh, in which students are you know, treated in a way, uh, it kind of struck us as, as being a prison-like environment and totally out of context of the university in terms of the size of the building, placement of the building, design of the building overall. Uh, and just the idea of kind of stacking forty five hundred students into this one building in this kind of an environment, and what really is kind of an exper- a social experiment that hasn 't been researched in any way or supported by any kind of research uh, as a way for, uh, as a way to treat students, I think I come, kind of come away from it thinking about it um, from the perspective of the affordable housing work that I do. We would never design a building like that for for poor people. Uh, Even homeless shelters aren't designed in that manner for the poorest of the poor living on the streets. It just wouldn't even occur to either the developers and clients that I work with uh, or us as architects, our company and certainly any architects that I know of. So why would it be justifiable to create an environment like this for students who are to become uh, active members of our society and our community and the leaders of our community in the future. It just seems wrong on almost every level.
0: The AIA letter to Chancellor Yang states that this project shows complete disregard to the building scale and proportion in relationship to its immediate surroundings and the negative impact it will have to the community in which it's located. Uh, Can you explain the size of the proposed building in in its context with uh, the campus uh, and the region in general, is the height and the size inherently a, an issue?
2: Cass, I know I want to speak to. I'll just very briefly state. I think that that it absolutely is, and it's an 11-story building. Not that, not to say that there aren't some tall structures in the uh, university campus. Uh, you know that maybe set some precedent. But again, it just seems totally totally isolated from its environment in that coastal setting. It's just, just out of context for the kind of buildings and architecture that we think uh, you know, are appropriate in our area. And the interesting thing is the university has created a lot of really great student housing in an appropriate scale and appropriate setting. How can they justify uh, this particular building in this setting. It just makes no sense.
1: I'll add to that, I agree completely. And uh, if you think about the Granada, downtown Santa Barbara, which is our tallest building downtown, is 119 feet tall and it's eight stories. The Munger Hall is 159 feet tall and it's 11 stories. It's just that in itself is um, completely out of scale. And as we also, when we design, it's not uh, connecting to the environment. And this is something that we as architects always take great care to be sensitive to the environment with, in which the, any kind of building is and to take advantage of the natural environment in a positive way. And I believe that uh, this building does not do that in any way and that we could get so much more for less I believe, I think a lot they've, it's been designed as a sort of an insular building. There's many aspects of it that maybe aren't even needed. If we're trying to produce housing, it could be done in many, and there's many examples at UCSB right now that we can look to, um, to connect it more to the environment and to uh, take advantage of our mild climate that we have, which is what everyone wants to be connected to the environment and that's the healthiest way for us as well so there's there's i think that this building could be we could be we could do so much more um and we could do it so much better so i would really look for the uh for the university to be uh, pulling back and thinking again about this building uh one, one last thing is that it seems to me that this building is built very generically, like that it could be perhaps anywhere, say Michigan. I know that where where we have, where there's colder temperatures. Here in Santa Barbara, we can take so much advantage of our our mild climate. So I think that uh, that, that is how we should, that's what we are as a community. We're environmentalists. We um, protect the environment and we connect to the environment. And I feel that uh, we could do so much better with this
2: this housing that we need. I just want to make it clear: we're, at least from my perspective, we're not criticizing the university. They have the university has a lot of issues and problems to deal with, no question about it. You know, the um, skyrocketing enrollment and the need to educate our young people is, you know, is is very very. Uh, strong and, and very much needed. And so we understand and sympathize with the dilemma of trying to find housing for students. It's just that in this particular case, we would urge the university to kind of step back from this, from this particular proposal, and rethink it, and rethink it in terms of the kinds of environments that we really uh, feel uh, we should be creating for people. In a humane way, in a way that uh, does all of the things that we've been talking about—you know, fit in with the natural environment, cre- create living quarters, and enhance life, and create health—rather than take- doing an experiment that we really don't know what the end result will be. And f- and even worse than that, a building like this may get off the ground and be built and set some kind of a precedent for other buildings to be built, before you know it, we'll be stacking homeless people in similar kinds of structures. And that really, really concerns me. I, I just don't think that this is the kind of precedent that, that we want to be setting. Uh, the
0: proposed dormzilla made national news after an architect who for many years has been an architect consultant for, for the university resigned. How often in your business Does this happen? Is it fairly rare? And do you have anything to say about that?
2: I would say that, you know, you don't see that happen all that often, uh, to my knowledge. You get such a, you know, visible circumstance in in which something like that happens. But, you know, uh, let's face it, you know, we're all different. Uh, Architects, you, you know, have different points of view. Uh, and so it might not be uncommon for us to be critical of, of other buildings. And, and you know there's always a tendency to think that, gee, if I had the opportunity to do that, I could do it better. But that is absolutely not what's driving this. This is really just a fundamental difference as to what we believe as architects and what our values are as architects and our responsibility to care for the environment to care for the outer environment, and of course the human environment and and the effect that it has on people. That's where this is coming from.
1: And also I am very appreciate the fact that Mr. McFadden did step back and that he made this statement. That wasn't an easy thing to do. And uh, we know as architects that the review process and the critique process is an essential one. It's very important. that that people, stakeholders, people who are involved in the community, not just the students in this case, but the community have say and have input and that it should be welcomed because the projects only get better when they have review. And we we do this when we're in school, we have critiques and the more that we can get input from others, uh, we can improve the project. So that's another uh, piece of this that is uh, sad, I believe, that um, it's proceeding without recognizing uh, the importance and the value of the input from the community and the community is feeling left out. And that's why we're seeing such an uprise and uh, you know people stepping up to um, object to this project. This
0: is Inside a Vista. I'm Robert Stark of uh, KCSB News speaking with uh, Santa Barbara based architects, Cassandra Ensberg and uh, Detti Pikert about UC Santa Barbara's plan to build a- Munger Hall residence with uh, 4,500 beds. If built, would be considered the largest student housing project in the world. Uh, The university seems to be trying to solve its major housing crisis. uh, With this one building, the Munger Hall project, do you have any ideas or suggestions, not just uh, for the university, but for Santa Barbara and the overall region, including Goleta and Isla Vista, the housing shortage, uh, taking into account all these uh, factors and concerns?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting, you, you can really understand from a very simplistic point of view, hey, let's solve this problem in one fell swoop, stack them and pack them into this 11 story building and you're done. And of course, money is a huge factor because it's very expensive to, to build housing. And uh, in this particular case, uh, you know, they have a, a benefactor Charles Munger, who is putting up a significant amount of money, and I'm not sure if it really only represents, as far as I can tell, about 13% of the project cost. And maybe, you know, there's a plan for to contribute more towards the construction of a $1.5 billion project. But... you know, is that the right approach? I think is where we're saying let's step back from this. Is this really the way to go about this? Could the one and a half billion dollars be used to create, uh, you know, a more appropriate kind of uh, development of housing on the campus? Could the the money be used to subsidize student housing in other parts of our community? I mean, the 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 university is a is a welcome element in our community. I think the, the community loves the fact that we have this uh, institute of higher learning in our midst that, that contributes so much uh, in terms of culture to our, our community. And I think that you know the community also believes that we have a role to play and make sure that our students, the students who are attending there, many of whom are Santa Barbaraans too, um, have an appropriate place to to live uh, while there are students there. So, uh, you know, what the solution is, off the top of my head, it's a very difficult thing to answer because there isn't an easy solution. That's for sure. Otherwise it would have already been solved, right? So uh, I I would say that we have to explore and really put... um, our minds into it and get the community involved in in working to solve this problem, maybe along the lines of the ways in which we're building so much housing right now, affordable housing throughout uh, the state uh, and throughout the country, using similar techniques you know by subsidizing these developments and making sure and maybe even private public partnerships. Like we do with affordable housing projects where tax credits are involved and often corporate investors are involved and they to some extent have an oversight uh, interest in the projects which is probably the reason why so many of these new affordable housing projects are loved in the communities that they're built in because they're beautiful they're well designed they create great places for people to live Etc. So I, I, you know, coming back around to your question, I'm sorry, I'm kind of going on and on here, but uh, it, it's a complicated problem. We all have to become partners in solving the problem, but we have to do it uh, in an environmentally conscious, sustainable, humane way uh, that pri- provides great living environments for the students.
1: And if I could, if I could add to that, that. Um you know, $1.5 billion is a lot of money. And I just have to think that there might be something else that could be done for that amount of money that could get what we need. And I, we, as as Deddy said, you know, the university, UCSB is some uh, of great pride that we all have. We as uh, members of this community of Santa Barbara, we have great pride and, and responsibility for our environment, and we always have, and that's what we're known for worldwide. So we have an opportunity to really show the world how to solve. This is not a problem that just exists here. It's, it's all over the country. It's all over the world. So whatever we do here, as Deddy said earlier, becomes a precedent. And it's very, very important that we design buildings that are um, safe, and beautiful and healthy. And we can do this, uh, especially here in Santa Barbara. As I said earlier, we have an incredible environment and we can live so much of our time outside. So I think that there are possibilities for this, especially for that kind of a, a budget. And I would look to see bringing all the people together. We have so many brilliant minds in this town that could come together to really Solve this problem, and it it, you know that of which there are many uh, aspects to you know the the financials that you know the UC Regents uh, understands better how you know what what are the numbers of why we have so many students and how do we how do we get to a sustainable level that we can have take care of the number of students that we invite here that come here and that we can also provide them the education so that they can get the classes that they, they need and that it's all sustainable. So I really encourage that we all get together as soon as possible and you know really get down to the table and figure out all of the different aspects of it. What are the different options and what we could do to um, solve this problem in, in a way that really represents who we are as a people.
0: Thank you, Detlef and uh, Cassandra. Is uh, there anything else you'd like to add?
1: I would just like to end by saying that let's, let's find a solution that works for everyone, for the residents, the community, and the environment. All three of those are very, very important and all will be very impacted by whatever this uh, solution ends up being. So let's find the very best solution we can that works for the entire community and is a great example for the world that we can be proud of.
2: Yeah, I would just add that pretty much along the lines of what Cass just said, uh, I just think this is a time now that this attention has been given to this project, not only here locally but uh, apparently nationwide. People are really thinking about this. This is, and, and, and we understand the compelling interest in the university to try and move forward with this project, but you know, given. Um, the criticism and the attention. I really think it would benefit the university and ultimately the project to step back and take a fresh look at it, get that community input, get input from the architecture community uh, and the student community uh, and others who have a compelling interest in this, step back and let's see if we can do better, if we can do something that, that uh, kind of takes this in a, in a much better direction uh, for both the students in the university uh, and the community.
0: Thank you, uh, Detlef uh, Pikert and Cassandra Ensberg.
2: Well, thanks, Robert. Ah,
0: great. Thank you. I'm Robert Stark with uh, KCSB News. This is Inside Vista. Before we go, there are a couple of meetings coming up you might be interested in. UCSB students are not the only ones impacted by the Vista housing crisis, hundreds of SB City College students also live in IV. Coming up tomorrow, November 18th at 4pm, the Santa Barbara City College Board of Trustees will discuss the issue of student housing. Community members are encouraged to attend and speak up to in support of the SBCC Trustees Board taking action to provide quality, affordable student housing with windows on the City College campus. Find out how to join the meeting tomorrow at 4 p.m. at sbcc.edu. And tonight at 6 p.m. November 17th, the Isla Vista Community Services District is hosting a virtual transportation town hall. The town hall will kick off the planning phase of a brand new Isla Vista mobility plan. The goal of this meeting includes informing residents about the project, timeline, and importance of a mobility plan. IVCSD will listen to residents' transportation and mobility experiences, needs, and suggestions. There will be a number of ways to get involved with this project, and those opportunities for engagement will be provided. The meeting will close with an opportunity to ask questions. Spanish interpretation, ASL interpretation, and closed captioning will be available. That's tonight, Wednesday, November 17th from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. go to CSD.ca.gov for more information. You've been listening to Inside Ala Vista. Thanks for tuning in Wednesdays at 5 p.m. to find out what's happening in and around ala Vista. I'm Robert Stark. Our theme music is Siesta by Jazzer. This is 91.9 FM KCSB.